Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another Wrestling Roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, though, joined by Michael Hamflet. And sir, we are gathered here to oh, we are socially distanced here today to talk about what is next for Finn Balor. Of course, earlier on this week, Finn Balor failing in his attempt to regain the NXT championship from Karrion Cross. In oh, the more I read about this online, Hamflet, I should say we're recording this on Thursday. Um, but the more I read about this online, it's becoming more and more divisive. I thought everyone was <laughs> kind of in agreement with us that it was a fine match, nothing spectacular and, you know, not really a development from what we saw from them the first time around. But, I mean, some people have tweeted us asking if it's a contender for match of the year. Some people have gone the opposite way. What do you reckon, having had a few days to digest it? Oh, crap, I still don't. No, I don't want to like just parrot everything I said on our NXT review, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get them. But um, I don't know what people are looking at if they adore this match. I I feel like this is becoming one of them things. I, I never, ever want to be, despite my advancing years, the old man that yells at clouds. I never want to just be like, oh, no, it's the children that are wrong. Mm. And I see a lot of people, as you say, kind of giving this praise as I look out onto like... Twitter sphere or on Reddit or wherever in the absence of fans to really give us the, the noise or the reaction or the reception. I just don't get it. I, I I cannot fathom what people saw in it, but then, you know, you've been kind enough to tee it up as divisive and I'm coming in and straight away saying, no, I wasn't divisive. Boy. It was absolutely right. Like there, <laughs> I'm the polar opposite to those other people that were just emailing you saying it's hard to match of the year. Like, what do you think? You know, takeover worthy, all that sort of stuff. So I'm just on the opposite side of the divide to that. I don't get it. Um, I don't get the style. I don't get the the NXT like this NXT principle of following that style for for their main events. It's not just been carrying cross. I, I'm glad we're talking about Finn Balor in this podcast because I did. Finn Balor was had his moments, had his lightning bolt moments in that match. But when we reviewed that main event, it was Cross that took the most pelters from myself and Sidgwick as critics of the match. Mm. Um, I like kind of this is a better place to say all this, but I. 
think that Bala has been doing this as well for the last few main events, for the last few title matches. I think this has been a hallmark of Finn Balor's style as well. And it's something that probably since TakeOver 31 against Kyle O'Reilly, mm. I've really, really struggled to get invested in. Um, so I think this is maybe a Finn Balor issue too, but I understand where people could get something from his performance in that match because he was probably the more dynamic of the two wrestlers, shall we say. Mm. Fairly definitive result, though, I think it's fair to say now. He <laughs> lost the title to Karen Cross as we anticipated he wouldn't. Didn't regain it back as we anticipated that he wouldn't win that match either. So the speculation is, of course, what's next for him? He's been talking, and we'll get into this later on, about potentially returning to the perceived main roster of Raw and SmackDown. But for argument's sake, if he stays in NXT, well, do you think he'll stay in NXT first of all? But if he does, and if he does stay, what else can you see him doing? Because you're presumably counting him out of the title picture, unless you're arguing for another match further down the line as the Demon. Well, to answer the first part of your question, I hope he doesn't stay in NXT because I don't want to think about the second part of your question, which is, well, how do you factor him back into the title picture? We've got that exact problem right now with Johnny Gargano. Um, we're probably going to have it again soon enough with Adam Cole. We might yet have it once again with Tommaso Ciampa. I don't really want to think about these people challenging again for the NXT title when they've kind of been involved in every version of fighting for that belt. They've been challengers, they've been champions, they've been challengers again. And it feels as like that story feels as dead weight as like, you know, being asked to take Dolph Ziggler seriously as a headliner again. I'm picking on Dolph Ziggler because he's got such like a long tenured past with WWE. Mm. Ultimately, like you have to accept that character at a certain level at this point. And in the main event, it's not. And I really hope Finn Balor goes back to Raw SmackDown because I think he needs to be the change. He represented a seed change when he went back to NXT in the first place. That was kind of electrifying mm. that a guy that you'd felt was really like things were good at points, but broadly speaking, misused by the main roster. That was electrifying to think that he could return to NXT and be used in a way that was far more satisfying. And I think on balance, I might not have liked his matches, but people have mostly enjoyed Finn Balor on the on back on NXT. The Prince character has been a much needed upgrade to that gimmick in general. Um, so you could call that like a modest success. Mm. I want that to be the new way. I want to hear less of Gargano and Champa specifically saying, oh, I want to be in NXT forever. I want them to go to Raw SmackDown and see how that, see what that looks like. Hmm. And then I want NXT to be an option for, Christ, I'm plucking out a thin air, the Street Profits to just be able to go back to NXT yeah. and do a year in that tag division if there's nothing particularly happening in the main roster. And so on and so on and so on. Long been an advocate for including them in the draft, but even if you aren't as forthright as saying they're in the superstar shakeup, three rosters, three sets of superstars, let's go. I just want I want the freedom of movement for everybody, both ways, all the time. I need it to be on the table. I think it really helps NXT more than people are willing to admit. Um, I think a bit of that roster could do with a bit of flavor sometimes. So it doesn't have to be the super workers era anymore. It could welcome a giant from the main roster. Mm. Similarly. Some of those guys like would get a breath of fresh air mm. working Raw SmackDown that they kind of feel like they're stifled on NXT. Finn Balor moving back to Raw SmackDown would show that 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 there's a new way, and I, I very much welcome that. If he was to stay in NXT, how would you utilize him? Would you 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 know build him as part of a tag team? Would you have him have some sort of 
blood feud? Would you have him elevate, you know, maybe the North American Championship? What do you reckon? Tag team feels logical to me, more so than a singles run as North American Champion, because it's too, you know, NXT for all that the viewership has diminished, obviously, um, and the engagement doesn't seem terribly high. I would like to think that it, it remains the discerning WWE product. It's the best wrestling show that WWE are capable of producing consistently, I think. Mm. Um, primarily because we know there's one guy that's not in the room every week, let's be honest. Like, that's that's the, the key difference between NXT and everything else is that Vincent Mann won't be there to scream his orders down onto, like, several of the people that just have to say yes to them. And I just think making Finn Balor the North American champion is too transparent a mm. sideways move. Um, he doesn't get that belt any more over than it already is. He doesn't elevate the belt, but nor does he become elevated as a result of holding it. Tag team veteran would be where I would go. If you look at the model for Gargano and Champa, it's been to work with somebody that is relatively unproven in NXT, in Austin Theory and Timothy Thatcher, respectively. And they may have seen these runs as being beneath them, having been former NXT champions. But in reality, it's made for two overacts. The way have been a blast. Champa and Thatcher have been great. Champa and Thatcher's saved two ailing careers. Mm. You know, like... Both been success stories. Hoy Finn Ballerin with somebody younger. Um, have them team. Bring back the demon if you want, f- like as a partner, as he was once for Hideo Itami, just to see what that looks like. Have a master and apprentice angle. Have the apprentice turn on the master. See if that elevates them. The apprentice, whomever you want to pick. Anyway, like Cameron Grimes right now is just turned baby Literally face. Literally what I was about to say. The stomp. Just turned baby the face. of their finishers works so yeah. well together. You've got a cave-in and a coup de gras happening in stereo. Uh, he lets Cameron Grimes wear some of his paint one week and it looks terrible. Like, But like the end result is some sort of angle between the two of them that leaves Cameron Grimes a made man after the fact. I've picked on him, but there's there's loads of others. Loads of others. Um, it's NXT. There'll be 15 in the performance that we've never even seen on screen that would probably relish that kind of opportunity. Um, not him working singles matches. I, I, don't, I don't need it. I don't want to see it. And I also don't want... An, this is what I'm dreading about him staying on NXT. What is currently happening to Pete Dunne, where there's this idea that like, well, he's kind of too good not to be on takeovers, but we don't want to put belts on him. So we have to like always find that second best guy for Pete Dunne. Mm. Oh, who's the Pete Dunne feud this month? That's oh, Kyle O'Reilly. Why? Because he's not in a title match this month. Oh, great. Right. We've done him. Who's next? And then sure enough, at some point, you'll get back to Pete Dunne, Finn Balor, probably. Like, who is the, the best of the second best? Find out this week's takeover. Like, I don't care about those stakes. I, I don't want him to get lost in that loop if he must stick around. For some reason, I could think could picture him with like Leon Ruff as a tag team as well. Yeah. Weird yeah. Mixing of, of those two would be really, really entertaining. And I mean, what a turnaround that would be for NXT's tag division that we were bemoaning six to 12 months mm. ago to suddenly have like Champa and Thatcher and the Grizzled Young Veterans and MSK. It's stacked. It would be absolutely preposterous if they had all those teams in there. And like you say, Gargano and Theory as well, we should mention too. Um, yeah, I think I think that's the best route to go rather than, because the North American Championship, you know, it's akin to saying, oh, well, he's not world champion, but he's intercontinental champion. It's like, uh, it's not, it doesn't really work in, in, in NXT for me. And the Demon, I don't know. I don't know whether the Demon character gels well with this Prince character. What do you think? I... Uh... So I've been keen to see them try it because mm. I agree. I agree on principle. 
Um, but obviously we have no evidence yet to back that up. I think he's, I'll say this for Finn Balor, I really like how he's tweaked this Prince character. He's actually tried to evolve it very subtly since returning to NXT. Like that, that first night back as a baby face was so cool because it just felt like Finn Balor coming home. The heel turn on Johnny Gargano was very much like, no, this is a new Finn Balor. And that first promo, which we've since come to mock because as it turned out, this business didn't watch him. But like, Brilliant on the night, like absolutely amazing on the night. And I love the way he's tweaked that because he realised he just couldn't stay heel. He became that character. You know, Finn Balor's late 30s now, maybe even 40. Um, there's just too much inbuilt respect for him as a wrestler to hate. So the way he's tweaked this to become like, and I wish there was less of them, but he's the best. NXT's got about 3,000 intense baby faces, <laughs> but like Finn Balor's the best one. And I think that's the difference. He's the best like most well-rounded, intense, growling baby face. So he's the one for me that gets away with it. Um, I would like to see the demon deployed the way it was always intended because I don't think ever on the main roster they explored the point of it. The idea of the demon is, and I feel like we've talked about this before, is that he has to, it's not just paint, it's not just war paint. He has to unlock a side of him that he hates so much mm. that it hurts, him. it hurts him to be it. He becomes that because he feels like he needs it for the challenge ahead and it's like his energy levels are lowered as a result of being the demon but he finds something deeper within that Finn Balor doesn't have that gels with the prince mm. because I do not want a third carrying cross match but the demon would want that third carrying cross match I have to go to this extra place you know that would be used to the demon the demon has lost once and it was in a steel cage match to Samoa Joe as Finn Balor said goodbye to NXT, yeah. effectively. He had to put himself through that just to try and beat Samoa Joe one last time, and he couldn't get it done. And what a thing for Samoa Joe that was as well. Um, so I would like them to treat it with respect. I do not want... <laughs> Saudi Arabia versus Andrade in a United States title match. Ugh, demon, tongue out demon. <laughs> I don't need a painted up bushwhacker. Like, I want them to care about the prestige of the people care about the demon. People really can care about the demon. You and I were at WrestleMania 35. And I'll tell you one thing we didn't care about was Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor. But were we leaving before the entrances? Absolutely not. Like no way you were going for a pint as Bobby Lashley was walking the aisle because you knew who was coming next. And I just think like they know what they've got with that demon. And I think you can, you can do it in small doses. You've just got to make people care about it. A prime target would set the stage for a demon. Mm. That, would be, that would be all it would take. Just explain it. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Now, let's talk about him potentially going to Raw or SmackDown. He was uh, recently on the Out of Character podcast with uh, with Ryan Satin, and he said, let me get this quote for you. Uh, I grew up as a wrestling fan watching WWE, and that's essentially where I want to be performing. I feel like in my last run there, I wasn't doing myself justice. I needed to change something, and the change came with NXT to kind of figure out who I was again. I've managed to do that to some level, and I'm definitely hopeful that a return to Raw or SmackDown will happen in the future. Now, I think it's fair to say right now, SmackDown has an embarrassment of riches. We've been talking recently, of course, about Edge returning, Sasha Banks returning, John Cena even making appearances. But... Where would you like to see Finn Balor? Is he the man who could maybe save Monday Night Raw? <laughs> I don't know if that shows beyond saving at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you'd hear that on the, what was it, Out of Character podcast with Ryan Satin. That feels like a contradiction in terms. But uh, yeah, they'd probably pitch that as a as a way to like fix Monday Night Raw's ailing mid-card and indeed ailing main event scene. I believe Finn Balor wholeheartedly. I believe those words. Um he is a man with a lot of like diplomacy and he like from what I remember he wasn't one for like putting himself over too vociferously and that will have absolutely hurt him first time around and he walks with the swagger and confidence of a man that would do it differently second time around I I could just be buying into the gimmick but I feel like he would stand up for himself a little bit more he would feel confident enough to know when to say when about what they'd be asking of him. We would not have Kane for no reason pinning him clean and attacking him with a steel chair. We would not have Bray Wyatt tipping bolognese on him. You know, <laughs> it, it just, this would be a Finn Balor that would at least try best as possible to maintain the integrity of the Prince. Um, I'll do the obvious thing first because we say it about every single person we ever do an individual podcast on. Wouldn't that match be great against Roman Reigns? Because of course it would. Roman Reigns is a guy that in your head gels mentally with anybody right now. Um, and the history would be Finn Balor of him. Loads of history. Yeah. Raw is, of course, where he's needed, but Raw's where everybody's needed. Raw's where frigging Steve Austin and Bret Hart are needed, quite frankly. <laughs> we're not going to get them and it's not going to make a difference. Um, yeah, it, it looks... So he would be like, SmackDown has just lost Daniel Bryan. And you talk about like, slotting somebody in as a perfect replacement, that's Finn Balor, isn't it? Mm. Your workhorse, your workhorse, your company legend, your indie darling, your internet favourite, your earnest baby face who can be a believable heel. I mean, 
what Vincent Mann will see, even if he still doesn't see value in Finn Balor, is he'll see a like-for-like replacement with who he's just lost. Mm. Yeah, talking more about, about Vince McMahon there, because that's I've been toying with this in my head for quite some time of like, I think this Prince character, and he I think he said so as much himself in that in that Ryan Satin interview that he it's far more him than the smiling, ah, I'm just happy to be here guy we first got uh, on the main roster once he returned from that uh, incredibly unfortunate injury of, at SummerSlam. <sighs> on the one hand, I'm thinking like, Vince McMahon would much prefer this character, this cocky bastard. He's just like, I'll just smash your face in. But on the other hand, like, an elephant never forgets. And I'm worried that Vince will be like, yeah, but remember we got injured. And he did that the jaw thing in, in NXT and missed a bit of time. And we were not too sure. I don't know. What do you, how do you think Vince McMahon would receive Finn Balor on, on the main roster? Because my concern is that he'd come back and we'd be all there going, great, have him challenge Bobby Lashley or, you know, work with Drew McIntyre or whatever you want to do. And they'd be like, here he is. And he's going after Seamus. <laughs> I love the bit of the podcast that we do sometimes where we have to try and second guess Vince McMahon when not even Triple H can third guess him. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, I want to touch on something you said there because it's something I've never been able to let go for five years now, which is genuinely Finn Balor's cards were marked when he injured himself at SummerSlam 2016. And it's not fair. It's not fair. But something changed that day because he beat Roman Reigns on television. He was booked to beat Seth Rollins and become the first Universal Champion and get whatever run he was going to get. And it's not fair that a guy got hurt doing a thing that's really easy to get hurt in doing. And something in Vincent Mann's head went, nope, on to the next one. Like, there are guys that have been he hurt He came before. back and, and they just went, we were like, okay, cool. Well, well, when to get the rematch? And they were like, yeah. nah. Never. <laughs> he's he's going to be the one that doesn't ask for it. That's cool, right? Um, Randy Orton spent the first five years of his career getting injured, for Christ's sake. Like, he was always getting knocked. He injured himself doing his own RKO taunt once. Like, it's never marked his cards, oh, has yeah. it? Like, he had shoulders made of glass till he was about 30. Like, never marked his cards. Finn Balor wasn't so lucky. I think Finn Balor's injury reflected a stereotypical idea that Vince McMahon harbours against a certain style. Too hard, too intense. Don't do it. It's the, It comes from the same logic tree as don't cut yourself. We'll use Brock Lesnar's elbow. Yes, from that exact, from that same tree of logic. Um, but... There is a positive. I do believe that Vincent Mann would look at Finn, would be given five seconds of tape, which is all he's got time for, of Finn Balor entering as a prince to be like, okay, yeah, get it, got it. I'll, I'll book him. Totally, what like he's think? harder than he was before. What you, what you think? Are you hard now? Okay, great. We'll do that. Uh, what do we think, Vince? Uh, Three-minute roll match. I want to see how hard his shotgun drop kick is. Um, and is he really laying that coup de gras in? If he does and it all goes well, we are good to go. Big push. Who should put him against? I don't know. Anyone. Didn't care. Anybody. Jinder. What's he doing? Fine. Yeah, Jinder. Cool. Right. So Jinder and Finn goes on the board. Both men waiting in Gorilla. And then Vince remembers that Finn Balor is a foot shorter than Jinder. And Jinder's got those massive traps. And he's like, yeah, change the finish. Change the finish. Tear it up. Change the finish. You know, my concern Jinder. is they Jinder go. Kalas. They go, what's your thing? And he goes, oh, I'm a hard bastard. I'm the prince. And they go, prince? Oh, we've got a king. Hang on. Wait a second, guys. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Prince. We just sacked one of them. You can be the new one. Where's your, where's your purple trunks? I like that. What's your thing? Get out of there. You got nine lives, brother. Hey, 
you may think that you're a big dog, but Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's it. I thought cards marked with an injury, but big dog versus little cat. <laughs> we cracked it, mate. Yeah. yeah in I... conclusion, in conclusion, I want Finn Balor to stay on NXT and challenge for the title forever. Podcast. <laughs> I did like. I'm always eternally hopeful, except for the morning after every Monday Night Raw, that something's <laughs> going to come along and you're going to go, oh, it's good now. It's changed. And it's not going to be, you know, overnight changing into something decent, but you just need that catalyst for something. I feel like Finn Balor, like you say, could be that person of just like fans are like, oh, thank you. God's sake, like, you see flashes of it. You see, you know, Riddle and Orton on, on, on Raw doing some great stuff. You've got Drew trying his damnedest despite the booking and Bobby Lashley. And like, imagine having Finn Balor come in and not, not first night, you have him bloody interrupt sodding Elias for all I care on the first night. And then he can beat up Jackson Riker the next week and then he can beat both. <coughs> imagine having him go over Braun Strowman early and you're like, oh, they believe in him. I love it. Like, I love that. I love any time that they are, like, and we say this as well, you can listen to countless podcasts in our archives. It doesn't always even matter who the talent is. We just want to see committed booking, a bit less 50-50, uh, a bit more determination to get somebody over, even if, because what happens sometimes, amazingly, um, is that even if you don't like the worker to begin with, the, they push them and they book them so well, that you start to shock of all shocks. You actually <laughs> appreciate the commitment behind somebody. They work up to their push. Doesn't always happen. I'm going to vocal gender again, but they work up to the push, and you're like, you know what? I'm glad this has happened. Mm. I'm really pleased this has gone this way. Um, Wilborn, I love it when you just feel like there's a wrestler coming along on a mission. But I feel like in WWE, to evoke the words of a famous rapper, someone just comes along on a mission and yells, "Bitch!" and that's. That's everybody. And that'll be Finn Balor like all the rest. Saw an old clip from Money in the Bank doing the rounds on social media the other day and probably was the one, now I remember it, that Brock just showed up. And we we're like, oh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Oh, when Michael Cole was telling Finn Balor off for all the bumps he was taking. Yeah. What are you doing, you stupid idiot? But he could be a hell of a like last minute introduction to Money in the Bank, couldn't it? That'd be a, a rocket if he returned to the roster and immediately won that briefcase, even though you immediately start losing after you've got the briefcase, but still. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Yeah, this Money in the Bank, I don't know if this is just headcanon on our part, really, but like with the return of John Cena just before it, with the potential shift in roster changes, even like without the likes of Finn Balor, the, the rumour a couple of days ago was that we could expect a few NXT call-ups the mm. first time in a while, they were going to do an old school sort of right up you come, maybe batch of four or something. I don't, nothing's materialised as of this recording, but that's not to say it won't happen soon. Um, the, yeah, the, look, the roster needs, we're just about, hopefully, touch every bit of wood in your house to come out of the back end of a pandemic. Like everything needs to shake up, mm. all of it. Like live crowds are going to be such a gift for a week. <laughs> like... <laughs> And then Raw's going to be Raw and SmackDown's going to be SmackDown. Um, yeah, everything is in need of a bit of a shake-up. Everything can be, everything at this point could be turned upside down and not a single person would complain about it. So money in the bank as a, not just a precursor to SummerSlam as a big pay-per-view of the summer, but as a pretty big pay-per-view in its own right, mm. could be this um, 
destination event if WB want to make it so. It's exciting. It's really exciting as we head towards July. Uh, one, one other thing we have to discuss with Finn Balor's future, uh, you know, all the noises he's making, is he's very happy where he is right now, of course, and, and whether he stays on NXT or goes to Raw or SmackDown or whatever. Um, he's just excited for the future. And I don't think anyone sat there if he stayed on NXT going, oh, bloody fed up of him here. They just need to do something different like we've booked with him in tag teams. But what are the chances of him leaving WWE, whether that to be to AEW or returning to New Japan? The chances of him leaving are seem seem small, yeah, but are slightly greater than they would have been two years ago. And let's just keep saying it until everybody understands it. That's why it's great AEW exists mm. because this is a nice conversation to have at the end of most of these podcasts, isn't mm. it? This idea that um, there is not just like you mentioned New Japan, obviously, but it could be any wrestler's prior place of employment impact. Like New Japan are having a having a bad time of it at the moment, but you expect them to come through eventually. Impact for the longest time has just existed on the peripheries, but wrestlers that have had a nice time working there once before have enjoyed going back. So previously you would have just had this place that wrestler used to work. Might they go back there to see out the last days of their career or get a nice contract and some interesting storylines with some young talent or whatever. AEW is neither of those things. AEW is a North American mainstream alternative with a bunch of opportunities to work with people brand new slash people you worked with once before that now feel brand new. Mm. Um, I found myself the other day, I can't remember why, was thinking about a Miro-John Moxley match and at no point did it end in my head the amount of times I've probably seen Reset versus Dean Ambrose. <laughs> so like, it's, I, I get, like this is not some sort of AEW rah-rah speech or anything. It's just, yes, he could because they've got loads of money mm. and wrestlers, as the independent contractors they are forced to be, <laughs> finally, have, finally have more of a fertile marketplace with which to apply their trade. So, yes. And if not, he should let WWE think that and get paid a ton more for being yeah. there. More power to him. Absolutely. Exciting times ahead, despite the fact he's... You know, just lost the world title. Very intriguing to see what happens next with Finn Balor. Let us know your thoughts uh, on where he should end up and what he should do on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. And make sure you join uh, Adam Nicholas and Ben Roy Turner tonight for our live stream of AEW double or nothing. Maybe Balor will show up as the Joker. Who knows? Uh, right. <laughs> this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamper. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.